Man, Benjamin had an awesome night at T-Ball tonight. He, uh... He's, and he's had a really good attitude about it. I know we've made fun of, like, the soccer stuff and, like, they just run around crying and stuff. He's always had a really good attitude. He always hustles. He likes it. You know, he likes the kids that he plays with. That's cool. Um, tonight was the first night that they hit pitched balls. Oh, okay. And Benjamin, like, we just goof off in the backyard. He's always better at hitting pitched balls. He likes it better. He swings better. And, like, the first one, you get, first pitch, doesn't take one, doesn't look at it, you know, <laughs> hits that thing, and it almost makes the outfield just in the air. You know, it's just oh, that nice. perfect arc. Uh, playing defense, he got like five or six balls that came his way. He knocked down every one of them and turned and threw right away. He's the best player on the field tonight. <laughs> Has no, no genetics about it, as for damn sure. But uh, it was and it was cool to watch him have that confidence. Yeah. Like hell, yeah, all of us, even if we suck at something, yeah. you want to have the day where you're like, I'm king for a fucking day. Yeah, I'm good at this. You joking? This. Yeah, yeah, I can do this. And he had that today. That's awesome. And it's cool to watch a five-year-old yeah. have that day. That's awesome. Live from the black heart of St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude and I want Biggest killer for me at uh, home MNUFC games, that's Minnesota United, is uh, that Mike's son brings yeah. a goddamn flask of Canadian whiskey in there. Not a flask, <laughs> it's just the bottle. He's yeah. not even trying. He's just, yeah. he's clearly shoved the bottle inside of his rectum and then he just pulls it out. And uh, inevitably, I end up drinking more of it than anybody by a, a order of magnitude. Yeah, and it's also like warm. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's just yeah. Up his, up his you could say it's served neat, but yeah, up his dirt river is that what you said? Oh, I thought you said I thought you said it's dirt river. That's a, also a good uh, a good uh, euphemism for it. Hey, it's the 100th episode of the Dave's I Know podcast. I can't believe we've been doing this for a hundred episodes. I know you thought after that sincere cold opening that we were gonna get weird on you, and you just got. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You thought with my <laughs> heartwarming story about my son that we we're gonna no, be no, normal human about, beings for shoving, once. Shoving booze up someone's butt butthole. It's the uh, best way to enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Speaking of a uh, hundred episodes, uh, you know, we just recently, uh, uh, in the last six months or so, launched our Patreon. Um, so I want to thank everybody who's uh, who's uh, subscribed to that. If you like the content you hear each week, if you think you've learned a little more about Minnesota United or soccer in general. If you want to enjoy the high-quality audio content that we produce almost every week, uh, consider supporting the Patreon. Um, every dollar helps. Um, all, the fin- all the funds go towards updating and replacing recording equipment, everything. We've uh, added a couple mics, um, some splitters, so that we can have uh, multiple people on the podcast. If you've heard more guests on the podcast uh, in the last 20 episodes or whatever, that is it's because, because of, of your Patreon yes, support. E- exactly. Yeah. So you can go to patreon.com backslash the Daves I know, help support the Daves that you know. Um, yeah, just keep, uh, and we're going to be getting out hopefully soon. The, uh, we keep saying it soon. The, the third in our watch party installment. I need to, man, <laughs> I, I worked until 11 last I know, night. Yeah. I, I'm just, I, I, the balance is just out of balance, I know. man. I got to fucking, we got, we got two, we got two in the can. So, uh, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll hopefully gotta, release I gotta, one. I got to pull them out of my can, pull them out of your can. Speaking of sphincters and pulling shit out of it. Um, love it. Let's talk about uh, a couple of, uh, us open cup. Yeah, victories. this is, yeah. Our 100th episode is going to be a very special episode because it's kind of weird coverage. So, <laughs> yeah. um, we, uh, won 
a shocking game, four to one against Sporting Kansas City, and then yesterday, yeah. shocking in different ways, a three to two win against Houston on the road. Which one of those do you want to start with here? Do you let's, want to discuss them all in tandem? Let's go in chronological order. Chronological um, order. Let's, let's talk about the Sporks. Yeah, uh, yeah. The victory over the Sporks last week. Um, you know, it was a short. Uh, it was a small, small crowd at Allianz. There's only about seven thousand or so announced. Yeah. Which is what happens when you don't include the first Open Cup match in your mm-hmm. ticket package and you give everybody a friendly to you know, ticket to a, a friendly that no one really cares to see. The Outside of like the, yeah. the thirty Hertha Berlin fans in the in the mid upper Midwest, yeah, I, I know I certainly agree with that sentiment, but uh, there's a lot of bad attendance all over the place oh, around Open Cup. Just got done midweek wa- games. Just, yeah, just we just got done watching the uh, New Mexico beating FC Dallas, and they're playing at a college S- soccer uh, SMU, yeah, yeah, SMU of, soccer. Uh, not, they weren't even playing at at uh, Toyota Park or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. that's uh, and, so, and that's why you, that's why you get clubs that end up playing there. That's why you get Seattle playing out at uh, Tacoma and stuff like that. It's just because they're not going to get the crowd. And so you want you want the venue to fit the audience yeah. that you're going to get, right? I mean, we I don't have this I mean, we could have done it at Blaine. Yeah, see I, I kind of think that would be fucking fun to go up to Blaine. Yeah, there's uh, a retro like, feel to it. Yeah, it's like 10,000 people. Yeah. You, you can sell it that way. Yeah. Step back in time. Yeah. Let's go to Blaine. So I mean, if we if we're only going to if we're only going to if it's not going to be included in the ticket package, you know, and, and who knows? We'll see. We're, we're hosting the next one after these two victories. Um, so we'll see what the quarterfinals bring. Maybe yeah. more people. A little more attention. The it is, you know, again, it's going to be on a Wednesday, mid, midweek game, um, which I know is, is tough for a lot of people. Like, Magic in the cup. Like our, yeah. Um, like, you know, we put Ragnar to bed at seven. So, you know, mm-hmm. typically we don't, you know, we don't we either have him go to uh, his grandparents' house for the games or one of us doesn't go to the games. Like last time, Anderson right. didn't go to the game. Because it's so, a seven o'clock game, and she's yeah. normally in bed by nine, you mm-hmm. know, on the weekdays especially. So, so you guys are making tough decisions there. A lot of parents have to make similar ones. Yeah, you know, of course, just, and and, and, and not just parents, like people who just you know like work early in the morning. I yeah, mean, you know, and it gets up really early to get to get to work in the morning. Yeah. So it's like that's another you know a contributing factor. So if you work at like six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning, um, or you have a, a job where you work during the week during the during the weeknights or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's a that's a tough sell. It so. all gets mixed up. So yeah, you know, yeah, they could they could do th- you know including it in the season ticket package probably would have helped, but sure. only to some degree. I think. Yeah. But the people who did show up. Um, got a treat, and you and I, when we predicted the game, had nothing even close to that outcome. <laughs> oh no, God! Because we played the Sporks over and over and over again, and besides, like one game that we won at home, two to nothing, back at TCF, it's been kind of, kind of not real pretty. Yeah, no, Peter Vermees, as I mentioned on the podcast last week, Peter Vermees likes beating the shit out of Minnesota United. Yes, uh, takes a very perverse pleasure, specifically in that. So, so He's, we he open gets the that, he gets that j- kind of you know uh, coitus face. You know, just the kind of <laughs> lip snarl yeah, was like, uh, just, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the postcoital bliss or whatever. Yeah, just, yeah. Of just, uh, no, the postcoital. That's a different. That's just, uh, that's just like tongue out, <laughs> fucking half asleep. I'm yes. talking the moment, okay. the moment so like of shame. Just, just like, like uh, when, yeah, when you, your uh, face starts doing all kinds of fucking clown stuff. You yeah, know? your vinegar, your vinegar face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a be- that's a better way to put it. <laughs> um, so imagine our surprise when two minutes in, <laughs> we made that fucking, face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, right. Yeah. I don't, most people hadn't even probably gotten their beers and gotten to their uh, gotten to their seats and fucking Angel Rodriguez of all people of all all the fucking people of all the on people the team he got his Colombian coffee that a, morning scores a goal two minutes in um, so yeah so that was I mean for me that was probably obviously that wasn't the game winner uh, but just seeing him get a goal seeing the team react um, I think that's about the moment of the game and then yeah then you know then after that Minnesota really really took it to Sporting Kansas mm-hmm. City the goal that Sporting scored was very much against the run of play. Um, they, and to be fair, Sporting didn't fill the full, uh, a full a strong a full strong lineup. Right, right. Um, 
They played a, a bunch of the kids, but we expected that, mm -hmm. and they've done that in the past too, and, and still beating the hell out of Minnesota United. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we you know I don't know for me that was just that was the best moment of the game, and really just it that allowed us to sort of like just breathe like a just like gigantic collective sigh of relief. Like, yeah. Okay, we're not gonna get scored on right away. We're gonna be leading this game. We're at yeah. home. Maybe we got a shot at this thing. So, mm -hmm. well, yeah. you and I talk about game states a lot, uh, and one of the things that we always come back to with game states is that the same narrative, like Minnesota United. Hey, we had a great second half, and then we always have to apologize for it. Like, yeah, of course we had a great second half. The other team, you know, they seeded possession. They were happy to give it to us. Yeah, and it was very cool to score that early to be able to to have the shoe on the other foot, where they have to react, they have to change their game style, maybe play a little bit more aggressive, maybe leave more space in their back. Um, because now they're playing from behind. We don't put ourselves in that kind of position that often. No. And it's kind of a relief to be playing from that spot. And that is, I mean, that was very evident if you rewatch the game at all. Um, you know, Sporting was playing a very high back line. Um, they were trying to catch us in the counter. Right. Uh, and, you know, Minnesota, to Minnesota's credit, um, and, you know, we give Adrian Heath a lot of, a lot of shit on this, pod, this year podcast. Um, and I'll just, when he does something well, We'll give, I'll give him 100% credit yep. for it. He, whether that was the game plan from the get-go, they knew that Sporting Kansas City was going to run that high line, mm -hmm. um, or they, just, they reacted to it based on you know the the game states or whatever. Right. Minnesota was was content with like hoofing balls over that line yep. and letting Darwin Quintero and Miguel Ibarra, um, you know, and Ethan Finlay run mm -hmm. onto those balls. And you yeah. know, if that's the way they're going to play, that's what they're going to give you. You know, we criticize Heath a lot because he seems so uh, sturgid and so. Um, uh, tactically, stiff, yeah. tactically, yeah. Um, that is not how I think Minnesota generally wants to play. But if that's what the other team is going to give you, then mm -hmm. fuck it, take it. You know. Well, so. right, and you know those first few games that we won back when we thought we were world beaters and we won three games out of five on the road to open it. Those wins, I think, were more than anything defined by um, this really wild, fluid style among the attack, and it, it helped that Romario Ibarra was there because he's another guy that can positionally move around a lot yeah. but Miguel Ibarra was playing up top uh, heavily then too um, we do better when guys like Quintero are allowed to go and find the game rather than have to play a more rigid number 10 the attack is going to focally come from you let the dude wander yeah. let Miguel wander let Romario obviously Romario gone now um what can Finley do if Finley uh, wanders more? I haven't seen uh, – can you imagine Finley popping up on the other side of the field? It, it doesn't make sense in your head, does yeah. it? Because that's not how he's ever been asked to play. Maybe no. he'd be great at it, maybe he wouldn't, because I, I just don't know because we've never seen it. Yeah. So uh, let them find the game, and I think they did a lot more of that against uh, Sporting. I agree. I 100% agree with that, yeah. No. Um, yeah, so sure. did you, was you have a specific best moment of the game? I think it, was, it was the first goal because it set up the game state uh, that, that changed everything for me. I, I, uh, if we don't score a first goal and we don't score it that early, we probably don't score four is my guess. Who can say? But um, I think that that had a heavy impact on us being able to find space in behind because Sporting is going to have to play a high line. They're going to have they, – they like to play, play a press anyways. That's fine. They didn't have to play the back four as high. So um, I think it made a huge difference. Of course, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, if there's a lousy moment, um, I, I mean, the, the the goal that Kansas City got to tie it up. I mean, just if kind of you know, it was a right, again as I mentioned, it was against the run of play. It kind of felt like, oh shit, here we go again. But, yeah. But even still, like even after that goal, Minnesota was clearly controlling play. They were dictating the style. They were dictating how they wanted things to go. So um, it did feel it. You know it. That was my original immediate reaction. Then it was like, well, actually, Minnesota's kind of taking it to them still. Like they're not, they're not, uh, 
you know, kowtowing to sporting and playing scared or anything like that. So, right. um, you know, I, I guess that's the worst moment for me just because I, you know, they scored a goal and, and made it look like it was maybe going to be a little more tight of a game. But otherwise... Yeah, I, so that was a bad moment, but I honestly, I was less worried about it um, for the same reason you mentioned, because it was against the run of play. If it would have been this, like, just hand over fist, uh, ass over tea kettle kind of defending where it was another set piece and we had every opportunity to just do it better. And it, or it was just, you know, they plotted the ball around for 50 passes and then just got it in. Yeah. That would be really frustrating to me because that's just more ineptness that we have the opportunity to react to. Sometimes they break one on the, the yep. you, one bad pass, one Minnesota slip. Minnesota does it occasionally yeah. too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so that, you know, shit happens sometimes. Yep. Um, it would be much more disappointing to me if it was just uh, Keystone Cops bullshit. Which we saw a little bit of against Houston in the first half, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so I, I I can live with that. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it was not a great moment, but I can live with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of leads into the most what the fuck moment. I don't, you know, just thinking back at that game, didn't really have a a most particularly what the fuck moment mm-hmm. other than um, the uh, Rodriguez. Uh, so after they scored the first goal, about five or six minutes later, they had it. Rodriguez, I had a point blank chance to score a second and just kicked it right in. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember that, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, again, it was one of those He's still Rodriguez. Yeah, right, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so that was, I guess, for, if we have to pick something, that for me my, was probably my most what-the-fuck moment. I'd go with, uh, I think I'm just going <laughs> to go with uh, Quintero's uh, celebration, which apparently was influenced by his kids. Apparently he says that many of his celebration ideas are influenced by his, like, kids' dances. Sure. So yeah. it, was an, it was another just rando flailing kind of <laughs> i don't know yeah so um i love it and with all the talk about celebrations and uh how much and when you should celebrate <laughs> and to what degree and how right? that should look yeah. um i love that he's going out there with uh i don't know it's, if it's meant for kids or meant yeah. for uh, absolutely for grown-ups i yeah, don't know, I don't know. It's, it's great it, it, it just having him score especially twice is just yeah. uh fantastic i mean it's you fantastic. need him hot you need yes and in seeing him i mean this happened with uh Earlier this year for Liverpool, when Mo Salah was in that slump, and then he would score goals, and like you wouldn't see him celebrate, and you're just like, oh, "What's going on?" You know, you want yeah. your you want your strikers to be happy and, and fun and, and yeah. uh, fun loving, and um, so it was good. You know, he could have been, "Yeah, I got that goal. That's what I needed. I just really need to bear down now." But he was like, "No, fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna dance." So yeah, that was let, great. Him, da- let still, him dance. Good to hear. Fuck, I don't give a fuck who dances. See, yeah. I mean, there, I, I've seen dances that are particularly built dance celebrations that are particularly meant to piss off another person. You know, you celebrate in front of the other fans, and then you Christian you Ramirez like give them the finger, you're like <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you his know, hand to his ear. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, it, but but even even that's more of like a, a it's more of a personal pride. Like keep doubting douchebags, yeah. you know. Um, it's it's not so much like a. Fuck you, Jeff Reuter, writer for the Atlantic or not the, not the Atlantic, the Atlantic. <laughs> the Atlantic. Um, so whatever, yeah. let him have a tea party. It's a fucking game. That's perfect. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a star of the game. Well, you know, I I'm gonna go with. Is there is, is there one answer? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's obviously quite a few. Um, obviously, I think Darwin scoring those two goals the way he did. Yeah. Um, clearly. Uh, was great. Well, I think um, Darwin pulls people with him too. He, he does, creates uh, space for others, and that's why his giving him free reign to move it can activate the whole audience, I mean, that's the whole th- audience, the whole team, the offense. We'll talk about the Houston game in a minute, but that was literally the reason why Mason Toy was freed up. Absolutely, uh, yeah. To score the game winner against because Houston, they're, so they're covering of, Mr. Brace, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, you give it to a, a myriad of players. Um, you know, I didn't. I thought Vito had a relatively okay game, um, mm-hmm. but I think Darwin for sure. Just two goals. 
hadn't scored since like April in in the open open play or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then clearly. It's sparked him because he scored a couple more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, just yeah. yesterday. So he's a, he's a, he's a shoe in for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Did you, do we have a uh, shittiest player of the game? Um. Well, I didn't, I didn't there's really always got to be somebody who sucked in particular. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I who played like, right back in that game again? Um, you show how prepared I am here. Yeah, Eric Miller. Uh, so that's Miller, right. Gasper, yeah, M- Miller did pay. Yeah, Boxel and Olmsberg were, okay, were yeah. defenders. Um, yeah. I think Miller was on the right with or no. Well, that, that would no, be really. No, Boxel was on the right because remember that being just like, what in the fuck is actually happening? Yeah, Boxel yeah. Boxel was on the right. Miller was on the left. Uh, Gasper and Olmsberg were in, uh, the, were in the middle. Yeah, that's and so I mean obviously you know the defense held it together, weakened sporting side, whatever. But um, I, so I'm not going to give a shittiest player, but I will say this: Michael Boxall as a right back needs to not be anything <laughs> resembling a long-term solution. God Does no. not play to the strengths that he has. Um, now, we scored four goals, so you can say, well, he doesn't need to do, he doesn't need to push high, he doesn't need to do this, that, and the other. It's not his strength. His strength is being huge. Yeah. Dude looks like he's never seen a ball before when he tries dribbling with one on his just, feet. I, I, find, I find that the deployment of um, the defense from Adrian Heath very puzzling. Like he consistently it's, puts, yeah. uh, like, like when he's ru- running out Hassani Dotson on the left. Yeah. Hassani Dotson is is a midfielder, yeah, and right-footed. Yeah. Or when he puts uh. Miguel Ibarra back up there on the left. Right. Miguel Ibarra is uh, is right-footed. You know, like I, I get that occasionally, like having that inversion no. messes with defenses uh, a little bit. But I just he the way he deploys, he doesn't have any. You don't. He doesn't seem to have any sort of like plan with his defenders. He's no, like, it, who's healthy? Yeah, it looks play. a lot like we don't it's have a guy. Yeah. We need somebody who's the lesser of many evils. Who are um, the healthiest? Who are my four healthiest defenders? Especially, yeah, especially defender-ish when, like, people. Ike Opara's out and, and, yeah. and Brent Coleman's out or whatever. Like, who are the four healthiest defenders? And then just basically, like, you, whoever gets to their spot first gets yeah. to be that. So like, <laughs> Right, right. It's it's like uh, fucking playing kickball yeah. or something like that. Um, like I can see, like, fucking Michael Box all, like, sprinting. To, yeah, like, I want it, right I want it, I want it. Yeah, yeah, but you can't run that fast, yeah. so I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> anyways. Um, so, so, anyways, that, that's my that's my worst player of the game is uh, whatever hat defensive alignments are getting pulled out of. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. What about Houston? Now, this yeah. one, This is a trickier one to talk about. Because it wasn't it wasn't just as straightforward an ass whooping no. as the sporting one. So it was, but it was more redeeming in certain ways. Almost kind of nice to see it in a very different way. So I was watching actually here at the Blackheart, um, waiting for the USA US game, and uh, the the feed was I don't know what was happening. The Roku was being shitty or something, but like you know the feed was going in and out. So it was like it was like a, just number one was just like stat as like like frustrating to watch generally and they then, kept trying to cut to some birthday announcement and then, or yeah, something and then, yeah. then watching that first half um was absolutely dreadful like mm-hmm. just the way the way minnesota came out um literally lacking any sort of urgency mm-hmm. clearly you could tell it was hot in houston yeah and they were lagging um no one was making runs no one was making passes and then of course they scored two goals um and from two <clears throat> You know, we, we talked a lot about how you know it basically was like Minnesota makes one mistake and the other team capitalizes it. Yeah, it yeah. basically Minnesota made two mistakes. Very reminiscent and, of that. Yeah, just like last, the previous two years, and then uh, Houston just jumped right on. Um, Vito just absolutely spilled the ball, and then Grey Goose, who to his to his credit, he was put in a really awkward position by by Leap and Larry Olam, um, who who had who passed basically into into a double team, but he did a terrible he, job. On he the touch. gave it right over. He yeah, gave it right back, and that set up the second goal. Um, very directly set up the second goal. Yeah, 
So, but I mean, you know, you look what happened. I don't know. And, and I read in the Jeff Reuters uh, column from from the Atlantic, <laughs> the, the uh, Atlantic, yeah. the Atlantic uh, coverage uh, after the game, and clearly Adrian Heath lit into the dudes. Like I don't know what he said. He Adrian Heath said he had some choice words, which you know. I don't know. They look like a completely different team when they came out in the second half. Yeah, and that it, was, you know, that was Miguel Ibarra coming on, um, mm-hmm. making way from for Eric Miller. I think Miguel Ibarra completely, like, like injected another, like just another sense of urgency. Um, yeah, uh, not to jump too far ahead, but yeah. Miguel, Miguel Ibarra gets my Freddie Adu uh, award winner for Player of the Game. Absol- he, uh, and even yeah. though he played a little bit, the team was a different team when oh, he came they on. They were 100% a different team. And An absolute hot beef injection of manhood. And that's and that is the that is the strange thing about say these past two games versus how we've been playing leading into the Open Cup mm-hmm. is that you know we we ad- we made adjustments. In, yeah. I think in both games, meaningful um, adjustments that were actually made. Actually made sense. Yeah, clearly responded to the particular situation in front yes, of us. Yes, and and we're. I mean, again, it, the Adrian Heath's use of subs can still continues to boggle my mind. We only used two subs when it was like no. fucking hundred degrees down in Houston. Yeah. Like I don't understand why. For a game that's more. comparatively um, meaningless. Yeah. Where you're, you got to keep an eye on league. You got to keep an eye on other things. And to things. be fair, I mean, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about this. Houston did not play a full strength lineup. Obviously, they have guys who are in uh, Copa America, Gold Cup. Um, so they had a, they played a weekend lineup. They actually also have a particularly thank you, a particularly uh, rough schedule coming out of the Gold Cup uh, break. So I think oh. you know, uh, uh, their manager rested a couple guys that probably would have played. He brought up some guys from their from their USL team oh. um, to get meaningful meaningful minutes. Which is good, yeah. um, but you know, again, Houston was the reigning, the defending champion. Yeah, so not anymore. Not anymore. Or they, they, I mean, they still are, but like, yeah, yeah, you they know, can't win it again. Yeah. So. so you know, like when we get our asses whooped in the Open Cup, like, there's always been like, a, so so all of the analysis, all of the truth goes into the pot, and you just got to mix it all together. It all counts. But like when when we get our asses kicked last year or the year before or whatever in Open Cup. Do, you know, we had similar issues. You know, we, yep. we had we had international outages, and um, we certainly we and certainly were not deep enough to uh, fix them. Yeah. And when somebody says, "Well, it's no big deal," because you know we had these guys out, did you feel like that? No, you felt like no, fuck it. Yeah, feel the good enough team, have the depth, take it seriously. Sure, 100%. Uh, you know, find a way to win. Yeah, and um, so you're right. That stuff is all true about Houston, but I'm also not letting it rain on my parade oh, too much. Not. Uh, um, we yeah. we pl- we play the way we needed to play. In the second half. No excuses for them. <laughs> yeah, in the second <laughs> in half. In the second half. Yeah. The, we my, certainly played the way we needed to play. My my best moment, I think, is the uh, is the winner. Uh, just because it's it's late, it's obviously the winner. It's Mason Toy scoring a goddamn goal. How exciting is that? Yeah. It's, uh, he had a great dance, uh, too. Ethan, <laughs> Ethan Finley. Uh, I, Finley's I, run. Yeah, yeah, he a, like amazing, and I think that is not getting a ton of credit when they talk about that. No, goal. he came from the outside. He broke to the inside. And the Toy, guy had no idea what the Toy fuck was set going him up on with that pass. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, that was Toy getting on the end of of you know his 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 original pass, right? Um, to and, create the winner, and, and then and then yeah, the way that Ethan ran to the yeah. to the end, to the end line, yeah. and just completely Bro- juked the defender, broke ankles on yep. that dude, and, and then, then uh, perfectly per- slotted, perfect, uh, yes. parallel to the line. It's just far enough away from the goalkeeper that he needs to not just commit and go out and yeah. grab it. Um, and Toy's falling down, by the way. I mean, when you watch that, Toy's like literally falling down. Yeah. But he manages to like keep his body 
up so that he can get a he can get a uh, a boot on it. Yeah, uh, to put which it is at that point is all you need. Yeah, you don't even need pace. Oh, yeah, you just need touch it. Beat. Yeah, and, and so yeah, we, if you go back and rewatch that goal, he's actually it's a good goal. He, he slipped, I think, was falling down. Like he wasn't like that wasn't intentional. It wasn't like oh, I'm gonna try and like I need to get get around this ball or get in front of this a little bit more. I think he actually like slips mm-hmm. and is starting to fall down. He's like what? literally like like this to the ground when he's like hits the ball. It's fucking it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> I will say uh, this is totally off topic, but one of uh, you talk about him slipping right on the goal line. One of my favorite soccer moments ever was back when Sporting Kansas City were the Wizards, yeah, and they were playing at Community America Ballpark, just minor league ballpark yep. down across from where their stadium is now. I was actually at this game. It was like rainy. It was miserable. It fucking sucked. And um, Kai Kamara got in behind the goalkeeper, and the ball came right up against the line in front of the net. And he, all you need to do is touch it. That's it. Yeah. He comes up, but he slips as he comes up just to make that little touch. He slips, falls over the ball, and touches it with his hand before he touches <laughs> it with any other part of his body. And so it was no goal, and it was just chaos. Uh, it was, I've ca- never seen uh, – the only gaff I've seen worse than that is the Sammy Najak throwing it into your own net. Yeah. Thing. It's the only gaff I've ever seen is worse that than that. Is, uh, that's Kai Kamara for you. I love, sometimes I, brilliant, uh, sometimes I, maddening. I love me some Kai Kamara. <laughs> Um, um, so what, what else do we got here? Um, you know, best moment of the game, I, I would I would have that. I also okay. would say that Quintero's second goal, that 30-yard oh, strike. Yeah, that was be- we, we don't do enough stalker. of those kind of sexy ones, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll get our goals, but they'll be like, okay, that was a good setup. Take you know? that shot. You never, yeah. I mean, you never know. Especially Make it happen. With, especially with a young goalkeeper uh, yeah. who's not as tested. Yep. Take that shot. You know? I mean, you never know we, what's going to happen. Uh, we don't win this game if we're playing against uh, Jesse Gonzalez. No, probably not. No, we don't. Yeah. All right, good. Glad yeah. we're in agreement on that. I or, know you and I have had a hard on for that dude or, for three or years. Or against Sporting Kansas City last week, probably too. You know, uh, so. yeah, that's true. Anyways. You and I have had a hard on for Gonzalez since oh, before yes, the dude have. was in the national team picture. I feel very vindicated <laughs> about that. <laughs> yes, so hundred um, percent. I got a yeah raging boner for that dude. <laughs> what um um, um uh, worst player? Uh, worst moment or worst moment? You yeah. know. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the, the Grey Goose giveaway in the midfield. I think the, that was just that was and that was, you know, and it looked even. Even though we kind of played like shit in the first half, after that first goal, for about 15, 20 minutes or so there, we actually looked capable. Stabilizes. You're like, okay, like maybe we might be able to shit get, happens. get one back before halftime. Yeah. And then Gregus gives that ball away, and it's just, and it's, a, of course, you're like, of course they're going to go and score. That's, I had that you as know. my worst moment, too, because of the words you just said. Of course. Yeah. Because the first one felt like, damn it. The second one felt like, well, of course that's going to fucking happen yeah. because it's us. Yeah. It's not a normal team, a normal acceptable team. It's fucking us. Yeah. This would happen to me. This would happen on my night. I'm working. <laughs> I fucking go out to a Perkins late at night, end up drinking seven goddamn cups of coffee, just working through this bullshit, and now I got this. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. That's how it felt yeah. way more than the first goal. And obviously the, the Grey Goose giveaway was uh, unforgivable. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you know, he, he, he just come back from, from European qualifying. So I'm sure uh, he was so, a little, you know, he had just got back, I think he just got back like the day before. So like, I'm sure he, he wasn't 100% back up to speed with playing with, you know, the Minnesota teammates. And as I mentioned before, like Larry Olam, put him in a really tough spot. But Greg Goose is an international midfielder. You don't make, you can't make that mistake. <laughs> right, right. That's so not, that's, that's that's not like thing. a, well, you know, my kid was up on that. No, like if you're going to be doing this, you got to fucking It's your fucking it job, man. <laughs> oh man, the lights are turning on for the drag show. So I think this podcast needs to kick it into a new gear here before. It's only 9.30, so we're good. Okay. Um, all right, what would, what do you have for the most what-the-fuck moment of the game? Uh, what-the-fuck moment? Um, let me think here. Um, I got a couple. Give, cu- yeah, give me, give yeah. me yours. I got a couple. So I'm going to say, I mean, 
basically the other goal, I think. Um, just Vito, you know, I've, I've, I hear conf- conflicting reports, basically, on people that I trust about Vito Manone. Some people think he's a really good keeper. Some people think he is not a good keeper and that he's, like, he's way overrated. Um, it just came out, his salary, because all the MLS salary, the MLS, MLS salary dump came oh. out. And, uh, so, Midsummer Christmas for MLS geeks. Yeah, so you know, Vito Minone is making about six hundred thousand dollars, which is quite a bit of money. Yep. Um, I think he's done just based on my eyes. He's done a lot to stabilize the defense. I think stuff that Bobby just is maybe not capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also possible just we have better defenders in front of Bobby or in front of Vito, so yeah, making yeah. Vito look a little bit better. But you know, I've read a lot of, of like by the metric stuff that that just really rags on Vito Manone. I just don't see it with you know watching him, mm-hmm. but that he's got to hold on to that ball. He can't he you know he can't yeah. punch it straight to Pena who's right there. Um, he's got to do better on that one. And I think that you know especially considering it happened so early, it was and it was again of you know like of course we're gonna give up a goal like that in Houston right. in the first like ten minutes and this game's gonna be a, you know a shit show. So yeah I uh, so yeah I'm I'm down for that as a what the fuck moment. I think um, I think um, Jan Gregush giving Dylan Walpers his fucking jersey after the game was a kind of what the fuck moment. <laughs> I, that a weird borderline internet meme has become this big thing. Yeah, he shot off like the cannon at the beginning of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, they like, made a big fucking deal about yeah. it. Like the formal teams now yeah. have really bought into this. Don't they know that this is all just rando joke shit that we're? It's that's all that Dark we're doing. Made up last year. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's not uh, it's not anything. It's just us fucking around. I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of great that the teams have embraced it just because it's like yeah. that's like that's so when you think about the difference um the difference between like the dark clouds and the different the tne or like you know minnesota united the the Wonderwall now versus what it was like you know four years ago up in the nessie right dylan walper's derby is the fucking shit that like that's like the weird weird yeah. shit that you know the dark clouds used to come up with four or five yeah. seven eight years ago we would just we would come right. up with some crazy weird thing on and put it on on the internet, and then it would just yeah. kind of take a like a life of its own. So there's a in in comedy, there's a idea called the rake effect, and I don't know if I ever talked to you about this, but there's a bit from The Simpsons if you've ever watched that, yeah. where um this like rake truck like crashes, and then yeah. Sideshow Bob walks around, and he keeps stepping on him and hit, and then it just keeps going. Isn't and the, the whole the, idea the, the, the Cape Fear parody that they do, where I think it is, but yeah, I know I, I know exactly what you're talking so, about. So I can the, picture it in my head. Well, and the effect here is that you start off with something mildly funny, and you carry it on to a point where it's very funny and then you carry it on even further to a point where it's just actively annoying yeah and then to a fourth stage where it's like i can't believe it's happening <laughs> like and it's funny in this meta way at that point and that is the way that a lot of this stuff takes shape yeah not just the dylan walper stuff but a ton of stuff this yeah. you know like the the this fucking team thing yeah it started out as a thing a coach said and that was kind of funny and then everybody just started saying it and that was funny and it's like okay is this joke gonna die and then people are making merch out of it yeah. you know or, and now or, it's reached or, that stage you know panic. Hashtag panic. And I mean, it, it I reaches, have a tattooed on my body. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's the point where you have it tattooed and you're just like, no, wow, this is sur- far surpassed the annoying stage and now it's a totally different thing. It's <laughs> yeah. the abs- the absurd lengths to which you take an absurd thing that makes it cool. So And, and now he's got a fucking jersey from Jan Gregus. He had a customized jersey from the team. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good for him fun. and good for yeah. Veronica. And, you know. Okay, there you go. He got, he got on Twitter because of that. 
Like, because it was not on Twitter. Because of the then, fucking Dylan Wapis yeah. Derby. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Anyways, did you, did you have a, other than great? So you have, you're going with Grey Goose for the uh, most what the fuck moment? I, I'm going with that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of uh, soft second place. I'm going to put my money on Dylan Walpers getting a jersey from Jan Grey Goose just because of how absurd this all has become now. Um, if I had to give a Freddie Adu best player of the game, um, I kind of – well, I think I've already given you it, right, to Miguel. Yeah. Barra. Um, I Changes mean, the game when he comes on. Definitely. You can make a case, I think, for Ethan Finley. Um, he That's true. Played and beyond his just best, yeah, the assist. Beyond the assist. He probably played his most – most complete game I've seen Ethan Finley play this year. Um, and, yeah, you know, he was – the fact that he was out there outworking the defenders in the in the 90th minute um, yeah. in Houston. In the 90-degree heat. In the 90-degree heat says a lot about uh, yep. about where – especially where he started mm-hmm. um, rehabbing for last year. Um, and this – you know, he's, he's one of us. It's just nice to see, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin mm-hmm. kids uh, doing well um, and being – Making meaningful contributions to the team, and then, yeah. as you mentioned at the uh, at the top of the Houston recap, like that that run and that pass were just fucking uh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make, if, if, if those aren't one hundred percent perfect, then that you know that different ball conversation ball is right cleared now. and maybe it's a corner. Um, yeah, and then we're you know then we're playing one hundred and twenty minutes down at Houston, and yeah. who the fuck knows what happens after that. Yeah. So you know, I feel like you could make a, a decent case for uh, for Ethan Finlay as well. Although, yeah. like I said. Miguel Abar coming on completely changed how we played and was and Darwin for that matter too. You could make a case for Darwin mm-hmm. just being, you know, he's scoring those two goals. He's magic. He has to pay attention to him, mm-hmm. which as we mentioned also clears up the space for Mason Toy to make that run, to make that pass um, to Finley, then to make that follow-up run to get in, in position to, to score cuz they're they're super concerned about uh, at that point, it's about Darwin Cotero getting well, a hat trick. So. And again, that only works if you allow Darwin to be a little bit free with his movement. If you have him playing rigidly as an attacking midfielder, you can play zone coverage on him yeah. because he's he's playing too, he's playing too far recessed. He needs to get a little bit more into the attack, a little push a little bit higher up, yeah. and he also needs to be in unpredictable places because if you're going to play any degree of man coverage, you're going to be able to use him to pull guys out of position. You can easily zone him, yeah. play in a position he's not great at, an attacking midfielder at a number ten playing above the fourteen. So whatever. Yeah. Um, you got a uh, shittiest player. Um, and I don't know. They, I just want to say maybe collectively the de- the defense in the first half was particularly shitty. I gave it to Manoni. What's that? I gave it to Manone. Manone? I felt worse about Manone's fuck-up than I did about Gregush's. That's fair. I mean, I, I can easily see uh, easily see that argument. Um, that was a that was a very that was a, a particularly bad giveaway. Uh, and um, I see I see um, part of the part of the work of a goalkeeper is um, helping to corral defense to keep this Keystone Cops bullshit out of there. And um, yeah. Anyways. Manoni. Okay. Wasn't criminal, but that, that goal he allowed was, was not good. It's a particularly bad yeah. particularly bad goal. So yeah. Alright, I'll I mean I will second Manone. Um you know, yeah, he didn't have the particularly greatest game, but um Yeah. What about what about Leap and Larry? I mean I've, for that I've, for I've, that pass alone. I've kinda liked Leap and Larry in the little time we've seen him this year. I've yeah. actually kinda liked him. He hasn't been I don't think he's been bad. Um that pass uh that pass to Grey Goose was particularly offensive, just because Ill-advised. there was no there was no need for him to make that pass. Right. Um, I just think he kind of like freaked out a little bit and decided to make the pass. Yeah. So, 
Larry Olam is like a 29-year professional soccer veteran. Yes, he's been playing he, need, he needs to have a better mind in that moment. Yeah. I don't. I don't give a shit if you're used to playing on this guy. What's going on? He needs to know what's going on in that he, moment. Yes, 100. So. Um, All right. Um, How exciting! So quarterfinals. Yeah, quarterfinals, man. You know, we win three more games. We're the fucking Open Cup champions, and we're playing in Concacaf Champions League next year. Just what we need to test that depth. <laughs> Although the the elite teams from MLS who make it into uh, Champions League, they fucking blow. Yeah. Your Torontos and your Atlantas, they all they all blow. But we, what we can do <laughs> is we can do like what Sporting did this year, and you know, not not that they made an amazing run, but uh, you know, they they made it to the semis, yeah. and they did it by kind of yeah, they had a good enough year last year, is fine, and and then they were the they were the darlings, so that could be us. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, so other United news. There's not a ton of other United news. Um, uh, tickets for the July 10th match. So, as we mentioned as well, um, New Mexico United defeated FC Dallas uh, this afternoon, this evening. Magic of the um, Cup. A cup set, if you will. And cup so they will, set. They will yeah. be coming to Minnesota on July 10th, uh, which is the next Open Cup date. Uh, it's a Wednesday. It's I might go to that 7 one. 7 o'clock. Um, tickets are going on sale for season ticket holders. Uh, well, today, if, you, if this gets... Uh, uh, uploaded on Thursday, um, general public on Monday. So you should be getting an email if by the time, probably by the time you've had this podcast, you'll have gotten an email um, letting you know that tickets are available for your season ticket holder. Monday, the they will go on sale. I'm not, they did not release price points. My guess is they'll probably do this something similar where the 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 um, supporter tickets were ten bucks before mm-hmm. all the fees and shit they had on, which yeah, made yeah. them like fourteen bucks. So yeah. I don't imagine they'll charge more than that. It could be kind of shitty if they did. Um, but I think then all the other seats were probably like priced at you know generally regular regular prices. So, so yeah. So if you're uh, if you're around July 10th, come on down to uh, Allianz Field and watch us win the quarterfinals. This, so this is the and actually uh, Ruder pointed this out in his article that this is the uh, the furthest Minnesota's been since we made their, our semifinal run in 2005 as the Minnesota Thunder. That furthest, long ago. Yeah, 2005. Is Which the, that was a ma- an amazing year. That, by yeah, way. it was. We lost to uh, Landy Cakes in the uh, in the semifinals. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, so yeah, that's pretty much the other United news. Um, Madison, which was the Ford Madtown Brodown. Brodown, do the Brodown. Um, Madison won last week, uh, two to one. I think FC Tucson. Uh, There's a bunch of dark clouds and and T and E and Wonderwall people down there. Actually, I'm going down to Madison this weekend. They have a game on Saturday, and then they have the Minnesota United friendly on the 25th on Tuesday. So we're sticking around. Uh, until Wednesday to go to that Minnesota United friendly. So if you're going nice. to be in Madison, um, either on Saturday or Tuesday, uh, let me know. I'll be there with my uh, my uh, mother and father-in-law and Ragnar and Anna. But yeah, we'll be at the Madison games Saturday and Tuesday. So hit That's us excellent. up. Yeah. Um, and then I guess one other thing. Do we want to do we want to talk about skull celebrations? And the U.S. women's team. Why don't we go a minute each, okay? Because I, I feel like at this point it's been talked to death, but I'm they haven't down, had, they I'm haven't had our opinions, though, I, and I that's what matters. I fucking love coordinated celebrations. I think it was amazing. I wouldn't have done it any differently. And fuck you, the people who were, like, giving them shit about it. That's my yeah. 30 seconds. So is it is it possible for me to say, to say this? I personally, if I score with an enormous lead like that, against a team that obviously has fewer resources, hasn't been here before. I personally don't celebrate, but can I say I don't really give a shit if somebody else chooses to? Is that Am I a hypocrite for failing? Do I get to have my no, cake and eat I it mean, too? You can say it's, it's just not my style like to the, do it, like, I think. It's like the argument with... Let's uh, bring it back to another uh, third rail uh, subject. It's like the argument about abortion. You're <laughs> against Jesus abortion. Christ. Just yeah, don't let's have hear this. one. 
Like you don't and you, instead, they, instead of dictating to others, of, yeah, what they instead can of trying to like do. legislate your fucking morality and, and uh, religiousness onto other people who are making choices, healthcare choices about their body, just don't fucking have one. It's not, it's it's just that simple. These you are don't the same. These are the same things. You don't want to celebrate goal number thirteen in the eighty seventh minute. You don't have to. Um, for I mean, their thing is like, and this is where all the most of the hyp- hypocritical bitching I'm seeing, and where I'm just like losing my shit with people, especially especially men. These guys have never played in a fucking World Cup. They don't know what it's like to score a goal in the fucking World Cup. How are who are you to dictate to somebody how how and, and when and how and why they can celebrate? Because you know it's I, I kind of I I partially hate that argument because that's the oh, that's the thing like oh you didn't play argument right that. that a lot of you athletes to play to know, keep on to uh, onto people who are you can't understand you soccer. Can't understand yeah. But I'm also like, I kind of feel you can't understand what it's like to score a goal in the World Cup until you, you've played in a fucking you World can, Cup. From a soccer standpoint, you can understand tactically how soccer works without playing it. Yeah, you probably have less of an idea of what's happening emotionally. Yes, a hundred. Oh, hundred um, percent. So, and that's what's at stake. So here. most, of, you know, like those uh, Roosevelt and uh, Mal Pugh, those were their first uh, first ever World Cup goals. Of course, yeah. they're going to celebrate those. Yeah. Alex Morgan. The five goals tying the record. Of course, she's gonna celebrate that. Why? You know, can, can you? She's out there setting records, and she's supposed to I, I put can, a hood I over can her head. I understand the arguments about the coordinated celebrations for goals like 10, 11, 12. Like, I can kind of understand that, but even then, I'm just like, that's just that's just like semantics. It's it's you know, it's, yeah. it's degrees of separation, and so. I think you should be able to celebrate. I mean, the tournament is set up in a, a shitty way where goal difference matters, especially in the U.S.'s group. They're not going to worry. They're not worried about losing to Chile or Thailand. Right, it's right. Gonna, goal difference is going to matter against Sweden. You don't know how how many Sweden's going to put on. Well, Chile that's a different topic, Thailand. though. Like whether they should keep pouring it on is a different topic than whether well, sure, they should but celebrate but, but the hell also, out of them. They're also getting conflated together, which is a bullshit thing too. My my biggest thing is that uh, is the so so I've, I've I've made my case. I probably wouldn't personally. I don't give a shit what anybody else does. The Thailand players, the Thai team, um, the Thai, you know, folks close to them, they said, no, there was nothing but respect. They consoled yeah. us after the game. We didn't take it personally, and we were all friends afterward. It's just more, and I'm not trying, I know everybody's online trying to do a positive thing here. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but it's a whole lot of what we see a lot of, which is people being offended on other people's behalf. Yep, and the other 100%. people are just like, oh, I'm good. No, yeah. no, You're offended. no, you need me in here right now. Yeah. You know? um, so... Nobody's offended except the people who are trying to be offended on somebody yep. else's behalf. Who and gives a shit? We can move on from that. Let's. Um, I want to talk a little bit about U.S. Open Cup or not U.S. Open Cup, Gold Cup, because that Gold Cup, was yeah. at uh, Allianz last night. Yep, yep. Holy shit, was that an amazing atmosphere for that was U.S. It? game? Yes, awesome. It was. So we were in the um, the support. We were in the support section. But we weren't in the AO section. We were like one. We were literally like on the row next to the AO section. Um, and uh, Ragnar. No, I brought my buddy Joe, um, yep. and I didn't want to. A nine o'clock kickoff again. Oh, that's true. Complete yeah. bullshit. Number one. Yeah. Um, so me and my buddy Joe went. Um, there was a little. There was some weird confusion because people thought the um, that the entire supporter section was general admission, but it was just two sections, like in the middle of the Wonder Wall. Okay. So there were people like standing in our seats, and we're like, I'm actually like, actually I have seats one and two in this row, and they're like, it's all general admission. I'm like. No, it's not general really mission. Is not, yeah. That's the section right there is general mission. This section is not general yeah. mission. He's like, you, you willing to die on that hill? I'm like, yes, sir. Somebody told you that? Yeah, the guy. They the asked guy, you if yeah, you're gonna we, die on that yeah. hill. Yeah, it was like, like that's where, you, or yeah, that's where you're gonna stand. I'm like, yes, my tickets say seats one and two, in row 21 of section 23. 
I am going to stand in seats one and two. And yes, I will die on this hill. Yeah. And then he left. He got, I'll die on this hill, or you'll die on this down, seat. Got got one of the got one of the Allianz people, and, oh and they were like, "Yeah, the, the, that section is is ticketed. This section is and well, dude, general admission." If it's general admission, then how about this other guy fucking moves? You can go was, anywhere because he was in our he was in our seats and he wanted to stay and like right by the right by the aisle. Oh, so there's yeah. primo seats. Well, they weren't primo seats for what he wanted. and that's where we that's where we wanted to stand. And then if, cause if, I, if I let him do that, then I have to go somewhere and be in somebody's seat. And, you know, it's just it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So, anyways, other than that, that happened before the game kicked off. <laughs> other than that, uh, everything else was fucking great. Like the atmosphere was awesome. Um, American Outlaws brought it. Obviously, the team did well. They won. It was a little nervy to start. Um, yeah. Against Guyana, you should beat the shit out of Guyana. Talk about thirteen nothing. Yeah, yeah. That should be the score you put on Guyana, not R- four to nothing. Right. Yeah. But ultimately, um, the team played really well. And, you know, I don't know. You know what will happen with their uh, with their next couple of games. Panama and, and Trinidad are both much better opponents, uh, much tougher. And considering the way that you know the U.S. men's team has been playing up to the tournament, you know, a, a good run in the Gold Cup doesn't necessarily bode well. But you know, right? I just, I think it's I think it was great. I think um, I really think I really hope that the U.S. makes uh, Allianz a regular spot for friendlies and 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 uh world cup qualifiers and things like that for both the men and the women um because the atmosphere was was fucking fantastic and then you know the night before party was great um it, you know, the black heart was packed both nights mm-hmm. it was just a really really cool like interesting fun atmosphere that well, was my biggest thing. so I, w- I wasn't there i can't speak to it um but my biggest thing was like are we going to show well are people going to say this is the kind of place we need to come back to because the outcome of the game is temporary, and you know, personally, I'm not. I don't follow. The, I don't follow the national team that closely, to be yeah. honest with you. So it's you know, whatever. You lose one, you lose one. But if we don't show up, if we can't say, "Holy shit, this is a great venue," the crowd, the atmosphere was great. And again, it was a it was a weeknight game. Yeah. It was a late one. Nine o'clock. Yeah. So and it, 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 it could have not been that. But everybody, both uh, within the bubble here and outside of the bubble, said, "God damn it." You guys got it going on here. Yeah, every everything I've here. read online afterwards, yeah. the players were all very complimentary of the of the noise, and you know that is one of the things um, that Greg Berhalter was talking about uh, the night before party. He was a super secret special guest that showed up, um, and he basically you know said the same thing, like you know you got to make you got to make that place a fortress uh, that opposing mm-hmm. teams don't want to come and play you yep. at, in St. Paul at Allianz. And I think I think we did a good job of yep. uh, of saying of showing that that is. That is, that is in the and we I mean as Minnesota United fans we know the passion that the supporters bring and then there's clearly a lot of people who are who don't fancy themselves U.S. fans mm-hmm. who like follow the team and there's a lot of people who are fans of the U.S. team but don't follow MLS for right, you know, right. whatever Euro snobby reasons um, <laughs> right yeah but everybody came together and like I said I just want to it was just, it was a great atmosphere um, and I got to really hope that this that Allianz is in the rotation going forward for. For future qualifiers and stuff. So well, if it's not, it won't be. It won't be our fault. Nope. That's for sure. So, all right. Uh, let's get to. We didn't have any uh, MLS matches last weekend, obviously. With yeah, the we're Cup on break. break. Yeah, we do have a, a few coming up this weekend. Let's um, do it. <coughs> obviously, Minnesota United is not back in uh, uh, rotation until uh, the 29th. Um, but we have uh, FC Cincinnati versus LA Galaxy. Uh, FC Cincinnati, who just lost their Open Cup match to St. Louis tonight. That's One not nothing. a good. That's not good to look. Uh, yeah, they're playing the LA Galaxy at home. I think uh, it's gonna be two nothing Galaxy. Uh, I've got a three to one Galaxy. Okay. Cincinnati is not good. 
Uh, FC Dallas, fresh off their defeat to New Mexico United, hosts Toronto FC. Um, I have a 1-1 draw on this one. 2-1 uh, win to Toronto. FC Dallas, you can't be losing to New Mexico. Come on, man. Uh, RSL goes to Chicago. Um, I have a... Two-two draws. Well, I see you put a two-two draw in there. I've got, I've got a, I've got a. So yeah, two-two draw for them. Um, neither. I, I don't fancy either of these teams in the English parlance, though. I, uh, they're, I, they're woefully boring to watch soccer. With. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Vancouver hosts the Colorado Rapids. I have a Vancouver win, three to one. Uh, three. I'm sorry, excuse me. Two to one, Colorado. Um, Vancouver. They still got a ways. They're still rebuilding. I don't. I don't care how much better they are than we thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rapids have turned their shit around too. They have. By the that's way. The, under yes. Connor Casey, under temporary manager Connor Casey. <laughs> that fucker. Imagine. Uh, Portland hosts the Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo fresh off that loss to Minnesota. I have a three-one Portland Timbers win. I got three to nothing. <laughs> All right. Kind of. And, kind of blowing you away there. And finally on Sunday, uh, Columbus hosts Sporting Kansas City. This might be the most boring game of the weekend. It shouldn't be, though. It shouldn't be, but Th it, it This might. should be the best, but yeah. it's not. I got a 0-0 zero, zero draw. I got 1-1, one, one, so. It'll, they just, I don't know, two, two shitty offenses. Yeah. I don't know what to say. All right. Um, well, we don't have any questions this week, so we're going to be able to end this one a little bit early. That's all right. Uh, get out here. The uh, drag show is about to start, so perfect timing. Yeah, I got to get my makeup on. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's talk about uh, uh, Minnesota United supporters. Uh, Dark clouds doing drag like one I, weekend. I, I was I was asked to do that. Yeah. Yes. So I think I think what's gonna happen. I'm gonna, we're gonna to raise some money for a charity. Um, I'll probably will. I'm will probably do it too. So I can't wait. Let's like, do it. Like, you can keep keep the beard though. Find a way to make it work. <laughs> so see, maybe. Yeah. Find a way. Figure out. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll ruminate on it. So. All right. All right. All right. So you can always find us at davesandno.com. Uh, at TDAKM on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Texas Eller. Martin is at Offensive Loons. Martin, why don't you take us home? 100 episodes. 100 fucking episodes, man. We shouldn't Bye -bye. be here. We are the Daves you know. We will always be the Daves you know. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we do our thing, son. Y'all ain't nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.